Blog Talk Radio. Good afternoon. My name is Jeanette Abney, and I want to thank you for joining me here at Precious Predicaments Blog Talk Radio. I want to first thank my Heavenly Father for waking me up and giving me the activities of my limb because it was crazy because last night I didn't even know if I wanted to go to sleep or my blood pressure was out of control. And I made a promise to myself today that if my pressure don't go down, I guess I got to go to the doctor. And I don't like going to the doctor. But they changed my blood pressure medication, and these numbers are like crazy. So, which brings us to this topic, because I don't know if my blood pressure is high because of pretty much of what this topic is about. Now, today's topic is entitled Enabling Adults. Now, we know that there's no such thing as a perfect parent, and many times we talk about the, the terrible twos when our kids are younger. We talk about going through teenage issues when teenagers, you can't tell them nothing. But what about these adults and these young adults, and not even young adults, what about these older adults? Because it seems like nowadays we've got kids just, just taking over your house and everything else. Now, on Facebook, I indicated, do you have an adult child still residing in your home? Have you been told that you have been enabling your adult child? Do you believe that your parents may have or still may be enabling your siblings? Because a lot of times that's more like a learned behavior, where some, in some cases we see, you know, your brothers and sisters are living at home with your parents and you're getting frustrated. Now, there are a lot of parents out there in this situation. It could be a result of anxiety, guilt, fear, culture, or unresolved family issues. And sometimes it's one of those things that we want our kids to have more than what we had. But the problem is they're not kids anymore. Kind of remind me of that, the, the, the scene on Friday when the man said, every time I go in the refrigerator, you in the refrigerator. One of the things I did with my adult child, I put cameras up all over the house, even pointing at the refrigerator. And I was wondering why my son covered up the refri- the, the camera in the garage because he was going in there taking people's food. So when we start talking about question is, are you helping or hurting your adult child? Such can be done by doing things for them that they can do for themselves. Now, I have a caller on the line. Let me log this person on. Hi, this is Jeanette. Welcome to Crazy Predicaments Block Track Radio. How are you doing? Number ending in four zero. I thought it was the Arizona number. I thought it was my auntie. Okay, but apparently they don't want to say anything. So, but you're still on in case you want to talk later, because I do have individuals that indicated that they will be calling in on the show today, because I do want to hear your thoughts. Because, like I said, sometimes we may have, you know, kids or grandkids in college, which I do now, finally. My grandbaby's in college, and she always tells me every week, thank you, Granny, thank you, Granny, because I give her what's called a college allowance. But I give her a college allowance because we didn't want her to work the first year of college because we wanted her to get acclimated into college. But she better spend that money wisely because you ain't going to just be taking my money and doing whatever the heck you want to do with it or be responsible. 
when we start talking about these things in regards to are we helping or are we hurting, we have to ask ourselves that question in regards to why are you doing what you are doing. My daughter told me to put a little different comment on the little thing with the money that I sent my grandbaby. So I'm going to try that. I'm going to see what my grandbaby has to say in regards to that because it's more of an investment. Because she did tell me when I got older she was going to put me at home. So we're going to see if you're going to put me at home or not. So we start talking about this living. We start talking about adult children. There are several signs that one may be enabling their adult child. And we're going to be talking about this because living in a home, paying their bills, giving them money is at the top of the list. I have yet to pretty much have seen an adult child really pay their parents back because that is a sense of entitlement. They don't believe in paying you back when they ask for something. My son gave me $100, and trust and believe, he brought some money back. I can't wait for him to ask me to loan him some money so I can tell him no because you have not paid me the money back that you borrowed nor the money that you gave me. Now, we start talking about these things, enabling, and sometimes we enable bad behaviors. Are you, as an adult, letting your adult child bring people into the home for sexual pleasures? Are you allowing them to drink, use drugs in your home? Are you allowing them to swear in your home? Are you, you know, there's a lot of different things that we as parents, we overlook because we say that they're grown. But I remember my mother used to say every grown person needs their own place. So she was putting us out since we were 10 years old. So I did not want to leave with my mama. <laughs> there is no way that was going to work. So when we start talking about the enabling bad behavior, and such can result in becoming disrespected. And for some parents, they begin to start feeling like a prisoner in their own home. And that's just to name a few. So if you want to join in on this conversation, give me a call at 516-387-1914. Because I want to hear your thoughts. I want to know why are you doing what you're doing. Now, I know why I let my son come back into my home. It was because he had a medical situation, because he was a victim of domestic violence. And after that incident happened, I did set boundaries. I did have a conversation with him when he first came. He didn't want to come to my home, and I understood that. But now it's like it's time for you to go. <laughs> he told me, Mom, can you just give me two weeks so I can save up me some money? How are you going to save up money in two weeks? I'm like a teenager. Or when you told me one time, Mom, I'm leaving, and I want the $5 you gave me. I'm going to buy me a house, a car, some food. I'm like, how are you going to get them $5? I think he still got that same childhood mentality, even though he's a grown freaking man. So, again, this is not to be hard on parents because I am going to be giving you some information in regards to what you can do and first be able to identify if you are doing these things because, like I said, there are a lot of parents that are in this situation. And some individuals can be overly dependent adults. And when I say overly dependent adults, that means that they depend on their parents to do these things. They have a sense of entitlement. They feel that their parents owe them. And growing up in Compton, I saw a lot of that growing up. And that was one of the reasons why 
why, like I said, at 19 years old, I left Compton in a U-Haul truck, couldn't even drive a stick, but I was trying to get the heck up out of my mama's house because I did not want to live like that. And that's me. And I understand that rent is much higher now than what it was 20-something years ago. I totally get that. But by that same token, if we don't allow individuals to do things on their own, we may be handicapping our children in ways that we may not even realize. And that's why I ask the question, are you helping them or are you hurting your adult child? Now, there's a lot of factors that can be involved, anxiety, fear, guilt, some people's culture, you know, and then sometimes it's whether it's a male or female. Sometimes females wind up to be more independent, and some individuals believe that they don't want their females to leave home unless they leave home married. And then sometimes that's like a boomerang. They can leave home married and still wind up right back in your home. And then what about your boys, your males? Sometimes they just don't want to ever leave home. They become and want to stay with their mamas forever. Now I have another caller calling in. Let me log this person on. Hi, this is Jeanette. Welcome to Precious Predicaments Block Talk Radio, number in seven three. How are you doing? Three seven three. Hey. Okay, yes. Hi. 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 What do you want to Hello. add to this show as we're talking about enabling adult children? Because, like I said, a lot of people are doing this, and I, I saw. Let me share this, and I'll have you speak in regards to that. I saw something that was posted, and it says that there are individuals age 18 to 24 that live with their parents. And now statistics are showing that 13% of adults between 24 to 35 also live with their adults, with their parents. Now, my son is kind of past that age because he's 36, almost 37. But my question is, when does this become a problem? Now, what would you like to add to this topic as we start talking about, we're talking about enabling adult children? Okay. Um, first, I'd like to say thank you for having me uh, on your show, and hello to the live broadcast listeners and everybody else. Uh, my name is Earlene Robinson. Um, my thing is this, okay, this is my take on it, is that, uh, you know, things do happen because we got to look back to that even when we were coming up as children and then we got to the age that we thought we were grown, we went out there and got our, own, our first apartment, first house, whatever else, boyfriend, girlfriend, stuff like that. Okay, it didn't, sometimes it didn't exactly go right, right? So right. we had to, some of us did have to go back home to our parents mm-hmm. until we got it right. But then just mm-hmm. hanging around and not wanting to do something, that, that's something totally different, you know, not working, not contributing to the house, stuff like that. But, yeah, of course, and I want to say this, too, is that me, for instance, I always keep my door open for my children. I don't care if they become 80 and 90 years old. My door Mm -hmm. will be open for my children. You know what Mm -hmm. I'm saying? If they need that that space, then, hey, they got to have it. But as far as the lingering around and, you know, not trying to do anything for themselves or if I feel like I'm being used and being pulled upon, yeah, of course, it's going to become a problem. And and Uh then they're going to have an ultimatum then. Look, you got this much time, this and that much time to get it right, and then you got to go. But I just Uh feel like that as a parent, my door have always been open to my children and grandkids Uh on top of that. Uh So I just wanted to say that. 
you don't, you got to know where to draw the line. Because I ran into a woman the other day. And I'm going to tell you, it literally broke my heart when I ran into this woman. I don't even know if that's why my blood pressure been high. Because I'm like, I don't have nothing to stress about. What the hell am I? Why is my, well, my blood pressure in me was so high, it's, it's ridiculous. I'm trying to find my number for the day. My uh, my last read, and I told my daughter, I said, if this, these numbers don't go down, girl, I'm going to the hospital. It was 175 mm. over 106. I'm like, this wow. is stroke level. What the hell going on with me? Now, my last read was 154 over 92, so that was a little better. But I ran into a woman mm. that lived in my home for two years. The woman was homeless, you know, and I didn't know she was homeless. I gave her an opportunity, let her come move in, all of that. Then I started seeing that I was enabling her. I started seeing an attitude change. I started seeing how I'm trying to do all of these things, and she wasn't, it was like stagnant. And I started seeing me become frustrated. And so something came about. She said it was a problem with communication. My thing was I asked her to meet the people from Home Depot. She told me she was at church talking to her people. So she couldn't do it. So I got mad. But I noticed then that I wasn't helping her, I was hurting her. So yesterday, so I think it was the other Sunday, I was driving around, no, it was Saturday, I was driving around and I saw her car in the back of a shopping center where she's living. And I'm thinking, you did all of this with the school, got the degree, and you sleeping in your car? You pushing a car to back to the, really? It literally hurt me. But when I heard her tell me, Rent was too high. She'd rather live like that. I said, you know what, that's a wrap. I can't just say, oh, well, come on back. Because if this, if, if I can pay it, why should I allow someone, even if it's my kid, to not even want to help, contribute? And I understand that people get caught up in bad situations. I totally get that. But when your mentality is, I'm going to go over Jeanette's house because she got a big old house, she got three refrigerators and no, that's where it becomes a problem. It becomes a problem. Uh-huh. You have the ability to pay your own way, and you choose not to, and this is a lifestyle choice, I can't do nothing for you because you're not willing to do nothing for yourself. That's right. And that's where a lot of times as parents we get caught up because we don't want our kids to be mad at us. We don't want them to stop speaking to us. We don't want them to think that we're a bad parent. No, no. I, I just, you've got to draw the line somewhere. Because my mother used to tell me, and I truly believe this, sometimes people that don't have nothing don't even want you to have nothing. That's the problem. And sometimes it could be your own kids, your own family members. And I saw it growing up, especially in Compton, when I saw a bunch of grown people living in their parents' house, torturing their parents and grandparents, holding them hostage in their own home like they wasn't going nowhere, couldn't nobody make them leave, wasn't trying to leave, that's sad. That is so, so (laughs) sad. And I didn't know as a kid that that was enabling behavior. I did not know. Now, with some of the information that I found, it says these are some of the behaviors. They live at home or you pay half their living expenses. I remember a person told me I was enabling my son. And I was like, no, I'm not. I don't give him money. I don't do this. I don't do that. That person told me 
And my son was younger, I think he was 19. They said, as long as your son is coming in your house drunk with no responsibility, not paying no bills, you are enabling him because you're putting the roof over his head. And I thought about that. You know, if you had to pay your own rent, your own bills, you probably didn't have, wouldn't even have enough money to buy you no bills. I had to look at it from that perspective and admit I was enabling him because he knew he could stagger his drunk butt into my house, walk into the room, and that was 19. Now you're 30-something. Uh-uh. The bug stop here because I can't do it or I got to pay. Like my mother used to say, I pay the cost to be the boss. Why shouldn't you pay your mm-hmm. own way, especially if you're able? So if they live at home or you pay for their living expenses, that's a problem. Another one, you are constantly helping them through crisis. If you are constantly figuring things out for them, you're not teaching them conflict resolution skills. What are they going to do when you're dead and gone? They're going to be lost. They're going to be stuck because mm-hmm. they're not used to it. You constantly make sacrifices so they can have what they want. Now, making sacrifices for your child when they're kids is one thing. But making sacrifices for your adult children so they can have what they want? No. Because if you're doing all of this, I remember when my son turned 18. Girl, I wanted him to have a Cadillac so bad. What did I do? I went and bought that sucker a Cadillac. Bad enough he didn't graduate from high school. So I had no business buying him a Cadillac, but I wanted him to have a Cadillac. But he had that Cadillac mm-hmm. for one week. That sucker put water where the oil was supposed to go and blew the engine in one mm. week. Then I said, okay, well, you know what? If you get a job, you work three months, I'll help you get another vehicle. Then I co-signed for another vehicle. That sucker had that car 29 days before he got in a car accident and towed it. Do you know to this day that sucker still ain't got no reliable transportation? This mm. started at 18. So now I don't even get in the middle of it. Mom, can you help me with a bus pass? I'm thinking, no old butt catching a bus, really? He will go stand outside, girl, buy my Mercedes and take screenshots, post it on Facebook like that's his car. <laughs> <I'm> like, no. <laughs> so <laughs> another one. You are constantly worried about doing or saying something that will hurt or upset your child. Girl, my son said, I got an Uzi for a mouth because I, I have no filter. I say what I say in his face so he can't say I say it behind his back. Another one is respect or your adult child living at home is driving you crazy. My son, I wanted my backyard cut. Now, I cleaned up the house yesterday. Girl, my body's still recovering from me cleaning up yesterday. My body hurting so bad. I I wanted my backyard done. My son said, Mom, I'll cut the grass on Sunday. Girl, by Sunday night, the sucker didn't even come out the room. I said to him, oh, thank you for cutting the grass. I really appreciate it. I know I'm being nice nasty. Thank you for cutting the grass. He's going to come out the room and say, Mom, um, can I have one of your steaks? Oh, girl, I, I want to go off, but I try my best not to. I try my best not to because I don't want to mess up my blessing. But here it is. All I asked you to do was cut my grass, and you couldn't even cut the grass, but you got the nerve to come out the room and ask me, can I have one of your steaks? So mm. that is a problem. That's a problem. Mm-hmm. And in some mm-hmm. cases, people are enmeshed where they have this 
toxic, unhealthy relationship. And like I said, those are just to name a few, because I want to get to how we can stop this behavior. Now, just based on some of the things that I shared, what are your thoughts in regards to some of that? Well, you're asking me? Yes, because the other person is not speaking. It's on the other line. But, yes, I'm asking you. What are your thoughts in regards to um, I probably didn't get a chance to hear all of that because I just come in. I've only been on the line, I think, about five minutes now. Mm-hmm. So I probably didn't get a chance to hear uh, that portion which you was talking about. No, my question was I was seeing something in regards to when you have a child living at home and you pay half of their living expenses or, like I said, mm-hmm. or, you know, money becomes an issue, you're constantly helping them through crisis, you constantly make sacrifices so that they can have what they want with the adults. They ain't no kids no more. You know, you run into mm-hmm. problems with respect, or the adult child living at home is driving you crazy. Sometimes they bring in people in and out of your house. Now, as long as someone else mm-hmm. on the line solves this person on, hi, this is Jeanette. Welcome to Purchase Ridiculous Blog Talk Radio, number ending in 67. How are you doing? Hey, what's up, Jeanette? Not this too much. Here. How you doing, cousin? <laughs> That's good. Um, I thought I would jump what? in on this topic. I don't know how far along you are. I just, I just tuned in. No problem. Well, we're talking about enabling adult children because a lot of times mm-hmm. individuals don't realize that they could be hurting but thinking that they're helping their adult children. You know, they're saying, some people say that a woman can't teach a man how to be a man. And I was listening to R.C. Blake's podcast the other day, and he was talking about what a woman cannot do. A woman cannot motivate a man. And it made me think, especially when it comes to my son, is I can't motivate him. I can't make him do things or live a life that I would want him to live, and I'm not going to pay for his living expenses. I used to tell him, why don't you go get married? Why don't you find your older woman? Why don't you, you know, just to get the hell away from me? But the, the thing is, we started talking about that, and we even saw a lot of that even in our family of enabling adult children. So what is your take on that? Because that can sometimes ruin a marriage when you find a parent that's enabling or let's say it's an adult son and the daddy is like, no, you're not letting him be a man. Or and in some cases it could be a female and we have females that have had children and never left the home. There's a lady I'll never forget that lived in my neighborhood in the, in the Compton. She could not get them kids out of her house. And I'll never forget, she said, if y'all come back here with one more baby. Girl, she had like nine kids. It was so funny. I don't want to put her name out there because her grandkids may be listening. But her, they mama, that woman, she got a restraining order on her kids. She was straight. Get away from her. Yeah, good, Jeanette. Yeah, not good. Uh, well, I'll, I can tell you this, Jeanette. Um, you can tell if you're enabling your children if they keep coming back over and over again, right? Mm-hmm. Like, like your kids are going to probably need help. It's like if they finish school or they get a divorce or anything like that. Like, they may mm-hmm. come back, right? But if, mm-hmm. if they keep if they come back consistently over and over again, then clearly you're enabling them. Um, mm-hmm. The only thing I could say, if if an adult child comes back, like we had our nephew live with us for ten months, he finished college and he was kind of bouncing around and struggling during COVID and stuff. Um, mm-hmm. So 
we we he moved back with, under the stipulation that we will allow him to move back in here for free. He will not have to pay anything, but he is to find a job and save X amount of dollars every month. And mm-hmm. when he gets to that X amount of dollars, and he gets, you know, he he was able to save a lot of money, and he found a good job, and he bought a car. So when he left, he left the way, right? Mm-hmm. So we helped him with a plan to get up out of here. And he did, and he's doing well, and he's down by your way, and he's a, he's a, he's a producer for podcasts, so he's mm-hmm. doing really well. But he had a moment, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But in explaining that moment to him, he's, I've known him since he was born, that he understood that this is a one-time thing, mm-hmm. right? But you're going to have to find another place to go if, this, if we end up like this again. Because we're mm-hmm. going to give you everything you need. We're going to allow you to grow and get everything you need. The thing about it is, Jeanette, like these adults come back, and um, being an adult is not a part-time gig. It's a full-time gig. So they yeah. want full, full-grown adult status, but I'm still paying for a place for you to live or paying for your food. Mm-hmm. It doesn't work that way, right? So if you come back in this house, you have to come with a plan. Mm-hmm. You're going to execute that plan. And if you don't execute mm-hmm. this plan, we're going to escort you out the door. Mm-hmm. Where where I think a lot of a lot of parents um, fall short is they don't trust that their kids can do it. Correct. Right. They want to eliminate all the uncomfortability that we had to deal with. They don't, when, when, I see, they don't even allow their kids to do it because they do everything right. for them. So they don't trust that they can, Jeanette. Mm-hmm. We have we have friends that deal with this all the time. I'll tell you a story about Lieutenant Boy, okay? And I, and this is a short one. Um, I remember I was 19, and I called back for him to buy a book for me for college. Have I, to, I told you, have I told you this story before? Uh, I'll repeat it. Um, and I called him. The book was like 50 bucks. You know, it's 1988, so they weren't expensive. And he's like, no, nah, I ain't got it, man. Yeah. I knew he had it. I was like, man, you can't help me out with this book. Like for fifty bucks, he's like, nope. I hung up the phone. He's like, good luck, you know. And guess what? I found it. I found the money, you know. And mm-hmm. and later on, when I was getting ready to graduate from college, me and him had a discussion about this story. And I was like, Dad, why did you do that? And his response was, You found it, didn't you? And I and I was like, Yeah. He said, Okay. And I was like, I don't know where he's going with this. Where he was going with it was, he told me, if I keep paying for stuff for you, Cedric, I'll be doing it the rest of my life. I know you can do it. You know you can do it. Well, even if you didn't know you could do it, I knew you could do it. I just put you Mm -hmm. in a situation where you had to do it. And I was Mm -hmm. like, wow, you're pretty smart. You know, I didn't realize he was doing it at the time. But parents have to understand that their kids cannot grow if you do not trust them enough, trust what you put into them, if God's covering them. If you, if you don't trust them enough to get it done, they will never get it done because That's you're true. always an option. If you That's take true. that option away, they won't drive you crazy. But it requires <laughs> tough love and, and trust and belief and faith that your kids can get done what they need to get done. And they will. 
And you know what, Cedric, part of it is, too, that sometimes we become disappointed in our adult children. You know, I remember mm-hmm. one time I had a, a nephew call me one time and say, Auntie, um, can you give me $20? Or you got $20? And I thought about it. He said, well, I'll pay you. I said, no, I don't have $20. What do you mean you ain't got $20? You ain't got $20? I said, well, if you want $20 from me, you you more than anybody should understand what it's like not to have $20. <laughs> I'm right. just for them. <laughs> then I had another little cousin call me. Cousin, um, I need some money. Can you loan me some money? And But I don't know when I'm going to pay you back, but I said, oh, he good. He good. At least he's going to tell you he don't know when you're going to get your money back. You know, but the point mm-hmm. that I'm trying to make, I don't mind helping nobody, but I'm not going to handicap you to where you're constantly running to me like I'm your ATM machine. Or I'm like I'm obligated, or I have to right. do something because you're gonna make me feel guilty. No, I'm gonna do what I want to well, do because I want to do it, not because I have to do it. My so mother you, used to tell I, me, "Go with the answer, just like yes." Now, enable uh, behavior uh, to actively encourage someone. Let me let me say this. Healthy practices by doing something for someone that they can do for themselves. So what my uncle did with you was he let you know before you came to him, he should have been your last, the last option. It shouldn't Absolutely. have been, no, well, let me call my dad. I know my dad's going to do it. Yeah, that and, made, and I don't know why I called him. I don't know what I was – there was nothing that led me to believe that he would do it, you know. Um, I just kind of took the lazy way out. I, I figured it out. I got it. And And mm-hmm. like you said, I don't mind helping you. I got another situation with a nephew. He's like, uh, I got to get back and forth to work. I need $20 for gas, right? Mm-hmm. So I said, brother, I'll give you 40 right, so you can get back and forth. The next month he called me, uh, I need some money to get back and forth to work. Nah, I can't do it, player. See, I'll give mm-hmm. you one. I'll give you one. I'll give you one. I will give you one. Mm-hmm. We can't have that. We can't have that conversation again because now you didn't got two or three paychecks, and you're still telling me that you can't get back and forth to work with gas. Mm-hmm. Like, we can't. So we not. We can't revisit that. Same nephew was like, oh, "I ain't got no place to stay," and I was like, "I don't know what to tell you, brother. Mm-hmm. I don't know what you're gonna do." Cedric, you, know, you better figure my, it out. Uh, I'm knock on my door at five, six in the morning. Mom, can you give me a ride to work? Mom, can you? I'm mad. I'm pissed off. And you left your car in Arizona after I told you how to get your car down here. You left mm-hmm. it in Arizona, and now you want to wake me up every morning at 5 or 6 o'clock? No. I, no. I'm not getting up. No. I'm locking my door and open my door. You go figure it out. Because just now before the show, because I knew I was going to be talking loud, I went to go open up the room just to see if he was here. So my thing is, I don't know if he's going to work. I don't know if he got a job. But what I do know, like I told my daughter, he gets his butt up out of here. Because you are not going to sit in the house with me all day. So, no. No, now, we can't do that. About, no. They say that children are a gift from God. But when do that gift become like it's just a curse? Or when it's one that's like you get tired of looking at them, they tired of looking at you, you're waiting on each other to die, you're like, we believe it. And, and, you know, and it's sad, like I said, that some parents have to go through this. Now, in a parent-child relationship, Enabling is usually focused on support. Parents who financially are able to support their children and capable adult with no well into adulthood may be accused of enabling unhealthy coping mechanisms. And a 
is what we call, you know, people, we watch sitcoms, we watch certain movies where we've seen these different things happening, but enabling adult children is really a real problem and can have ramifications that extend far beyond what they call single-family situations. Now, we know that when we start talking about these relationships, it becomes a problem, but the thing is, how do parents enable their children? And we talked about that a lot. Karma, I see you watching on Facebook. You know you can call in because you have an adult son too. But again, like we said, how do we allow it? Most common way parents enable their child is through financial support. That's the biggie. Loaning them money, paying their way, you know, giving them money you know you're not going to get back. We, sometimes I tell people, I had a friend, I tell them, I say, your mama paid you to stay away. I'm like, ooh, that, but she did so when we start talking about these different things, like I said, financial support, this looks different for everyone, but can include giving an adult a monthly allowance, allowing a grown child to stay with them indefinitely, purchasing a home, apartment for a child, paying for the child's life and similar behaviors, and financial support may be needed in some points of the child's life, but when they've fallen on hard times or experiencing some form of disability, like I said, my son came here because he was injured. He came here because something had happened, and I didn't have a problem with that. But what I'm not going to let you do is just sit around, do nothing, be drunk, have people in and out my house. No, that's what we're not going to do. And I I stand firm on that one, Cedric. I, you think my mama was bad. I, I, mm, nope, I am mm. so not the one. <laughs> so when we start talking about this, that's not even happened, an option. She's breaking up. You're breaking up. Okay. A little better. It's a little better. Where do you draw the line when it okay. comes to emotional support? Well, as I sit here and listen to you guys talk, I can't help but to say to myself, I think I am an enabler. An enabler. Because as I listen to you guys, I'm all of that. What you guys are saying that you're not in what you would do. But here's the thing, though, that I think if you have a certain type of relationship between you and your child because then I know my child wouldn't 
use me like that. You know what I'm saying? At least that's what I I don't feel like. But I've had people to come in the house, you know, strangers or whatever, help them out and stuff. So I know the difference between being used. I, you know, I do have emotions. I do have feelings. So I don't like to be used. It hurts. So, but, you know, with my child, which I go through, you know, that she'll come home and stay a couple of months and, pew, she's gone again. And then all of a sudden, I know what she's going through with her relationship out there. And I don't, I, I feel bad by just saying, okay, well, you're a grown woman. You know what I'm talking about? You make your bed, you lay in it, all this stuff like that. I don't like really saying stuff like that because I'm treating her that way too. Because if something, you know, happened and, and I know I could have prevented it, but all I had to do was just let her in the house. And see, that's another thing. And that's another thing, too, for our sacrificing. You guys were talking about sacrificing. Well, then what if that parent is not sacrificing? What if they have the money to do that? What if it's not bothering them to pay an extra light bill because that child is at home? What if it doesn't bother them to add an extra 100 bucks to their grocery list because that child is at home? What, I mean, you know, what happens when it's like that and they feel good by helping out and then, say, for instance, a month or two later, the child is out on their own again and doing fine because of what you did, because you helped, you know, contri- that's how I look at it. I don't look at it as an enabler. I look at it that I know the, the, the feeling of being used, like I said, because it hurts. Now, on uh, by, by versus. This feels good. Got, this feels good. I got, I got this one, Jeanette. Let me, let me, wait, 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 wait. I'm helping. Let me start right I'm here. Helping, I'm helping. I'm helping, and this feels, I'm helping, and this feels good. Look, she's stacking okay, up her, me, her, 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 go ahead. Let me say this. Codependency feels good. Codependency is when you do things for other people make you feel good uh-huh. because in, in the long run you want them to reciprocate and make you feel good and that's where some individuals become codependent. Now, it, even kids, kids, I got a five-year-old that's manipulative. At 15, he will probably try to use the hell out of me and I know that. So, but the thing is, yes, our adult children can fall on hard times but the problem is is teaching them a I don't want to say teach them a lesson. It goes back to what I said earlier. We talk about the anxiety. We're afraid, well, if I don't do this, something may happen to them. When I saw the lady that lived in my house for two years, that went to school, got a degree, got a job, turned her life around, and was wind up in the same situation, uh, that ain't my problem. Sometimes our children do the same thing. They'll be like this boomerang and wind back up in the same situation. And, yes, we may have the ability, if it don't bother you, that's fine. But the thing is, if you mess around, and like I'm talking about my blood pressure, if I clocked out right now, my son ain't going to be wanting to pay no mortgage and no light bills. and no. If I didn't teach him how to do it, because well, I didn't me, teach him, I give him the opportunity. I enabled him. Right. Jeanette, let me, let, me, let me jump in, Jeanette. Uh, ma'am, I don't know your name. What's your name, ma'am? I'm Earlene. Miss Earlene, uh, I'm, I'm Cedric Boyd. Nice to meet you. Um, nice to meet you. You too. heard that? Did you hear that story about my father and the fifty dollars and the and when he um, he had the money yeah. but he didn't give it to me? Okay. Uh huh. Um, did you get the the point of that story? 
Yeah. See, he had the the $50. It wasn't going to hurt him, but it was going to hurt me. You see what I'm saying? It would hurt me because at some point in time, I'm going to be somebody's husband, right? And I'm going to be, and I am married. I've been married for 20 years to to an absolutely wonderful woman. And and my father is dead now. He's been dead for 10 years. Uh So my source better not be him every time I need something. And that that was the lesson, right? The Mm -hmm. difference between helping and enabling. Like, he's helped me from time to time, not so much when I was an adult, but when I was younger. But he he explained to me that in in no uncertain terms, by his actions, that you are an adult, it is not a part-time thing, and you need to figure it out. And I believe in you. I believe that you will. Now, if you you have to trust and believe that you put the right stuff in your kids, that if, once they walk out that door, it's, I don't know what the situation is with your daughter. She's gone for two months and then comes back later and then two months later. Well, clearly something's not registering, and I understand the guilt you would feel. God forbid something should happen. Um, we pray that it doesn't, but something can happen any day at any time. Well, like, we understand that, you know. But we have to make sure that your daughter is in a position that, God forbid, you get sick, she can take care of you. Right. Okay. So when my mother lost her house, she needed this house. I want to let me chip in right quickly and get in there and say this too. That's why I said from the beginning is that you have to. It's between that relationship between you two. Now I know her Mm -hmm. that um, she's certified uh, uh, with construction work, electrician, underground worker, all that stuff. Right with the electric with the electric company and stuff like that. She Mm -hmm. does. For her, she do have a tendency of making some very bad decisions at times, and with men, you know. So, but 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 that's neither here. That's that's neither neither here nor there. I'm just not that type of mother. I'm just not that type of Mm -hmm. mother that's gonna toss my child out there in the water and tell him, look, either you gonna drown or you gonna swim. I'm not like that. I'm gonna throw you a life. I'm gonna at least tell you. I'm gonna at least tell you. Uh, hey, here's a, a life a life jacket on top of that. You know what I'm saying? I'm going to be there. I'm going to always be there because, see, that's the purpose for carrying a child. And we're here. We're put here. We were brought here to be parents. Y- y'all know that. We were brought here to be parents. Not to, see, this is, a, this is how I feel. This is how I feel. The government is the one put the age stipulation on. Okay, I, I hear you. I hear you. Y'all I'm going to stop you right here, like that. You know right what I'm here. saying? But we're going to be parents. Until the day we die, we're going okay, to be so I have, a the day and I have a question for you. Let me let me stop you. You indicated that at times she may make bad decisions. Do you think you're stopping her from making bad decisions? No, I know I'm not. That's just the point of is. what I was saying. There it is. There you asked me, but is. you asked me a question. So, you asked me a so question. I, I know I'm not. Is, the goal is not to hurt your child. That's why I said, are we helping? Or are we hurting? The goal is not to hurt them. The goal is to get them prepared so that they know how to help themselves. It's because still I can't. back to it's what I said. When I said. It started it's when I said I wanted my child to have a Cadillac. I bought a Cadillac at 18. 19, I bought a Mitsubishi Eclipse that only had 29 days. At 36 years old, the sucker left his car in Arizona and still ain't got no vehicle. He's 36. It started at 18. 
It didn't stop. I stopped buying cars. He stopped buying his own. So therefore, you want to get them to learn how to make decisions that's going to impact their life, not a decision well, that's going to impact that's what, of course, that's what a parent is. Bottom line is this, guys. Bottom line is this. We don't know the future for nobody, not even our own self, okay? So, therefore, while we're here, I feel like give me them flowers while I can smell them. Don't come throwing no flowers on my grave when I can't smell them, see them, and stuff like that. You see what I'm saying? No matter what we do, I do understand that no matter what we do at a point of death when our, our loved ones are taken from us, we're always going to feel like, oh, I didn't do enough. You see what I'm saying? I don't care if you give them the world. You still, when you know that departure comes, you're going to feel like, okay, I didn't do enough. That's, that's neither here nor there. But as parents, I'm just saying me. Now, we're different in that, in that perspective, okay? I'm just saying what I feel and what I think. My daughter have a set of keys. My my daughter have a set of keys to my house. Like I say again, it depends on the relationship that you and your child have. Now, if you got that hoarder in child with that hoarder in mind, of course you got to set those boundaries. But then, if you got a child that comes in, no matter what type of person, child boundaries are important. My daughter, my daughter, and I was listening to her today. Took my grandson to school. My grandson, she said he went even down an hour. He started coughing. He had to leave school. My daughter went to the sheriff's department. I was, I could have easily canceled my appointment, went to go pick him up, did all of this, but I'm listening to what she's going to do. I'm listening. And she called. She went to go pick him up. She took the rest of the day off to spend with her child. She did first. She didn't want She complained about it. Now, I could have made it easier for her by just packing my bed. Let me go get my grandson. But as a parent, she's seen what some of this stuff is like to be a parent. I can't do all of this for her because what happens is that I would have uprooted my day today to try to run down there to do it. Now, how are adult children and parents negatively affected? Because this is, and we all have our thing. I'm not telling parents to put the kids on the street. I'm not saying any of that. But there are some parents, like you said, you're okay with it. There are some parents that are not okay with it, feel like they're being bullied by their children. Kids keep coming back. Kids keep making bad decisions. I told my son, I don't want alcohol in my home. I find alcohol all over the place. I ain't found the fucker here alcohol in the dog house. Again, it goes to what the relationship you and your child got. That, that, it, that it don't depends have on the relationship, relationship that you. That don't have nothing to do with our relationship. The problem is he's an alcoholic. He's an alcoholic, and I don't want alcohol Again. in my house. Again, Jeanette, Jeanette, it still goes by the relationship that you, okay, I get it. He is an alcoholic. If he is an alcoholic, drug, whatever else, he ought to know, he would know where he are allowed to come in with that. You see what I'm saying? I can't, I'm, a, I'm an alcoholic all day long, but I know darn going well, I can't go in my mama's house with that. I can't step yep. in the church with that. That's the relationship I'm talking about. It depends on that type of relationship. People do. Pardon me? How old do we have? People do. I've had people hide alcohol. Well, that's the relationship. That's the relationship that you and him have. That's what well, I'm talking about. Science. You I'm talking about something totally different. Ladies, ladies, totally let me, let me jump in, ladies. Can I jump in? Yes. Can I jump in, ladies? Okay. 
Jeanette, if your son is uh, an alcoholic and he brings alcohol in your house and you told him not to bring alcohol in your house, well, there's got to be a consequence, right? Because well, yeah, if there's no consequence, there's no accountability, right? So if the stipulation was that if you bring alcohol in this house, you can't live in this house, and then he brings alcohol in the house and he's still in the house, then there really was no consequence. The only consequence is hearing your mouth saying, why did you bring alcohol in the house? I'm going to tell you how men operate. You can talk all day long with men. You can talk all day long, and until you're ready to do something, it's just nothing but blah, 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 blah. Blah, blah, blah. You have to be right, Cedric. And that's the relationship that they have. That's all I'm saying. It depends on the relationship between the child and that parent. Relationship, it's a choice and it's a decision that he makes. That has nothing to do with our relationship. So let how me, come let me it doesn't? I don't, I don't. How come it doesn't? I don't. I don't understand that. If that's in your house, it, it is a relationship. That's what's there. That's a fact. He's that's making there. choices, and he's choosing to live a lifestyle that is it not. It doesn't matter what choice you make. I'm just saying. Okay, let me share but, this. You know, that, how, that, so, that, let, me, let me read this right quick. How adult children and parents negatively affected? This is where it becomes a problem. Enabling behavior negatively impact both children and the adults. Parents are affected primarily through their self-perception and destruction of their relationship with their children, which is what she's talking about, because parents who are constantly cleaning up after their children's mess are often financially, morally, and even legally obligated to take the fall for any of their children's mistakes. They often begin to resent their children and resent their role each have in each other's lives. Rather than seeing the parent-child relationship as a fulfilling one, these parents often wish that they could get away from their child and their children and they could live an independent life. I want my son to live on his own. I want my son on my home. I want my son to be productive. Like I said, he didn't go to work today. He got up, he go to work. But I just don't, I don't live his lifestyle. So, therefore, he, he's successful when he's around and he's sober, very marriageable. I just don't live like that. Now, adult children are negatively affected primarily through the stunted growth. We stunt their growth when we enable them. Now, Gilda posted something about, I'm about to take action on my kids. I love them, but I'm done. Sometimes you got to know when to cut the cord. And sometimes parents feel guilty, like if something happened to them or something. Guilt is either realistic or unrealistic. We don't have to feel guilty if something happens. So when we start talking about there are cases in which children must rely on their parents. I get that. And still, most children can care for themselves with little interference and always relying on their parents is a breeding ground for irresponsible behavior and inflated self-importance and inappropriate dependency. They depend on their parents. Now, my daughter don't depend on me when it came, when it came to whether how, how Ryder was going to get picked up from school and taken care of. We talk. We communicate. You want a healthy relationship. You and that's that. not a relationship? That's not a relationship at all to you? All of it is a relationship. Yeah. But you were just telling. But you were just telling me it's not. It don't have nothing to do with relationship. I, I don't. I don't you, understand. 
what you what you were saying was it depends on the relationship. It depends on the relationship. What I was saying is in regards to the relationship that I was talking about with my son, parent-child relationship is one thing. We're talking about enabling adult children. So sometimes when we enable adult children, we stop them from growing. And sometimes parents don't do it on purpose. Sometimes they don't know no better or they don't see the aftermath. Again, it depends on the relationship. I still believe, you know, that it depends on the relationship that you have with your child. If you and your child been talking since day one and now that child is an adult, that's a relationship right there. Whether it's drugs or a productive citizen of society, that's a relationship regardless. Just by being in a home with your children is a relationship. That's all I'm trying to you're say. Gonna, so it depends on that. It depends on that relationship. Now, if you have a relationship that you allow your children in and out that house, come in, tear up, it, and, and stuff like that, or you rely, allow them to come in and mom need place. Look, I'm in a bind right now. Look, I know my daughter, okay? She has her own. She used to get in her own. Something must be wrong right now. See, that's a relationship as well. So it depends on the relationship that you have with your child. You know your child better than anybody else do, okay? So now if I know this girl and she's used to having her own or whatever else and something doesn't happen, if they hit a key, you know, whatever you need to, that's just me. I'm just saying that's the way I feel. That's the way I do mine because it's only me and her. It's only me and her. That's the relationship that her and I have. Sure, she going again. Only time next time I hear from her, she's calling to check on me. Ma, you okay? I'm getting, we got it together out here. Everything is fine. And my in-laws and stuff, I'm going to always keep my door open because I know when she comes, she really needs that. And I'm not going to turn my back. I, what can I, now, what can I, wait a minute, watch this. Let me, let me do this right quickly, please. What what would I look like in that we already built the relationship through the years and I already know when she comes through that door, it's, it's for a reason. I know that. Now, how would I look that if I turn her down, I don't know, I want you to be productive out there. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to let you, I already know she's productive out there. There's no more I can teach her about being that she's an adult, okay? So right now she's in need. No more else I can teach her. I think she got enough under her belt to make it if I die or whatever else. Okay, that's that relationship me and her have established. Now, that's all I want to say. It depends on the relationship that you and your child have at home. Now, if I know I got a knucklehead as a son and he's just all out here dropping babies everywhere, okay, I know that that's the type of person because all our children don't have the same attitude. We can have 18, 19 children in the house. All of them are not going to have, we got to be able as parents to distinguish each and every attitude between each child. That's a relationship, okay? Okay. Now, what we're talking about is enabling. You said something was important, that's your only child. I get that. I totally get that. But that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about enabling adult children and how to stop enabling children because some parents are tired of enabling their children is what we're talking about. Now, parent strategies to stop enabling behaviors, meaning letting go of enabling is a matter of time, effort, and practice. And this is coming from Regain.us. And it talks about, because we got to practice it, because sometimes we hold on to things because of our culture. We hold on to things because, like you said, sometimes the situation may be different. Get that. Totally get that. And it's not a personal matter. It's a lot of parents are struggling with this because they don't know how to let go. They don't know how to balance it out. 
They don't know. Now, my mother knew I was a responsible child. My mother knew if I had to come back home, it was because something was going on. Sounds like a relationship to me. If she knew that, it sounded like a relationship to me. But anyway, go ahead. Is a relationship. A relationship. You got relationships with all kinds of people. That's not what we're talking about. We're talking about an able okay. behavior. All right. About relationships. All right. You can't, Jeanette, you, you're going to tell me, you're going to tell me you can't fit relationship nowhere in that conversation, what we've been talking about since uh, 3 o'clock, That's since uh, 12 topic. your time. No relationship, nowhere in there. Maybe, we're okay, not talking so about I'm going to put it like this. Maybe I do have you wrong. I got you wrong, okay? I, I put that relationship in the wrong perspective. And, look, I'm truly sorry about that. I do uh, apologize for that, okay? There, there's no way relationship is in adult children and enabling uh, anybody in the household, okay? So I, I do apologize for that, all right? All right, okay. So we're talking about parents and strategies to stop enabling behaviors for those that are out there that are enabling their behaviors. It basically is, and it talks about we've got to practice it. It's not something that happens overnight or a split-second decision. Relationship. Jesus. A forethought, planning a strong communication between oh. all involved parties. While it may be hard, letting go of enabling is possible with the right tools. Now, a lack of boundaries is a hallmark. A lot of times what happens is there's blurred boundaries or there are rigid boundaries. Some people may think that their parents are too strict. Some people may think that their parents are too easy. Some people may think that their parents are controlling. So when we start talking about boundaries, setting boundaries is the first step to improving family relationships and creating stronger, healthy attachments and behavior. Boundaries will vary from family member to family member, and there's a lot of examples, meaning if I loan you some money, I want you to say when you plan on paying me back. Or we need to talk about this because I don't want you to think that you could just come at me whenever you want to. You also want to have reasonable expectations. As they say, old habits die hard. So expecting a family dynamics to change setting unrealistic expectations on anyone involved. Expect conflicts to arise. Expect difficulties to ensure with these things, when they do happen, try to be considerate and respectful because communication from one another and expect each other to compromise on a base resolution together. And that's huge. And also, realistic goals. You want to set goals. And go- when we talk about goal setting, we talk about expectations, and sometimes outside help. That sometimes, Cedric, is what brings people to family counseling is when they find that they're having difficulties with their adult children. Anything you want to add to the show, Cedric, before we finish the show? Well, I know Miss Erlene was upset about the relationship aspect, and it all it is all relationships, but when we're talking about unhealthy relationships in terms of boundaries Correct. and stuff like that. It's not necessarily – yes, ma'am, it is a relationship. It, they're all relationships. I have a relationship with Jeanette. You know, we've known each other a long time. I have a relationship with my wife. Is it a healthy relationship? And is my goal to make sure that my child is solid, can take care of themselves, and God forbid something happened to me, can take care of me? So that's mm-hmm. the ultimate goal. You, um, and that, that should be your ultimate goal when you're raising a child. You want to raise them in a point 
where, yes, you're there for them and you got them, but there's going to come a time and you're going to get a certain age where they got to have you. Mm-hmm. You understand what I mean? And if you don't, if they're always constantly dependent upon you, how are they going to have you when it comes time for them to have you? It's reciprocal, mm-hmm. you know. So the goal is, is we're trying to set healthy boundaries and healthy relationships, mm-hmm. not toxic and you know, ones. And, and, and part of that, start talking about that, even when we start talking about symptoms of toxic enabling, because a lot of times individuals don't know when it becomes too much or when they've done too much. Because, you know, like I said, as a therapist, I work with individuals from all walks of life. And sometimes when parents have enabled their children, their children have a sense of entitlement. They think that the world owes them something or people owe them something, and it becomes a problem. Now, what happens, and I'm, I'm going to give, it talk about while enabling can manifest in numerous ways, frequently the symptoms are as follows. The inability of parents to allow their adult child to have anything but a soft landing, meaning you don't want your children to hurt. You don't, nobody really wants their children to hurt. But by that same token, it's a life lesson. My mother used to tell me, Cedric, keep living. I never knew what she meant by keep living. She, what she was trying to tell me was the longer you live, the more you're going to learn. It's going to be a lesson or it's going to be an experience. No, you don't want your kids out there to go die or drown or if you can help. But sometimes your kids don't even want your help. So that's the problem. Another one is the fear that the adult child will be angry with them or reject them if they say no or set boundaries. There's a lot of parents, you know, I remember my granddaughter said one time, when she was a baby, Granny, when you get older, we're going to put you in a home. Really? Y'all going to put me in a home? Now, and what I do when I give her her college allowance, I put college allowance. My daughter put on there, somebody put something about investment so I won't go in a home or something my daughter would tell me to put on there. Well, the thing is, a lot of parents are afraid if I don't do this, if I don't do that, they're going to be mad at me, they're going to hold me hostage. No, you're teaching them so that they'll be able to stand on their own two feet. And, yeah, if they need your help, fine, but you're not going to manipulate me. And enabling is doing for them what they can do for themselves. That's it. Meaning if I do this for you, what are you going to do for you? That's what enabling is about. And like you said, Cedric, um, all of it is relational, but it doesn't mean that because you're enabling them that they're going to automatically be disrespectful or blah, 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 blah. That's not what we were talking about today. We're talking about toxic, unhealthy behaviors where we're not allowing people to grow up and mature because we're spawning their maturity. And another one it talks about is constant walking on eggshells around your adult children and fear that they will cause the adult child to relapse is a problem. And then we have taking responsibilities for the problems of the adult child, solving the problems of the adult child, or offering solutions to problems that the adult child may have thought about, realized, or don't even care about. Sometimes we're so busy telling them what to do. And what I was sharing this morning was I listened to my daughter when she was talking about the situation with my grandson, I didn't tell her my plan. I wanted to know her plan. And if she needed my help, I would have drove down there, but I wanted to hear what she was going to do first because I don't want to enable her. Now, I know when it ran a little bit over time, Cedric, anything else you want to um, share and add to the listener or let the listeners know? Um, I just, um, I know Arlene's heart is in the right place, and, and we don't know her relationship with her daughter, and maybe she's not enabling her at all. Maybe she just 
giving her a, a safe place to land. You know, and, Correct. and depending but on how you know the way And even when she said that was her only child, I understand the only child dynamics. I get that too. Mhm. So you know, it could be completely different. Maybe you know that her daughter generally does have it under control, and she needs to every once in a while uh, pit stop or whatever. The goal is that hopefully that they don't constantly need the pit stops. If they constantly mm-hmm. need the, the pit stops, then they're not taking uh, accountability for their behavior, so it's just going to keep going on and on and on. And if you're okay with that, I guess that's fine. But if you're not okay with that, then that's then, then it's a problem, clearly. And it seems like a lot of adult parents are not okay with that and don't understand how to set that boundary. You know, Correct. So, they don't know how to get out of it. That, this applies to you, if it doesn't apply to you, then it's not necessary to discuss it. But if this applies to you, this is a way you can set healthy boundaries and get your kids on their feet and get them strong. So God forbid they need you or you go away, that they have the ability to do what they need to do. Mm-hmm. True. And that's why the topic, and we talk about enabling, there's a difference when you are enabling than when you are actually being supportive and encouraging your children. Two totally different things. That's why when we started the topic of are you helping or are you hurting? And a lot of times individuals don't know the difference. And she did say earlier she didn't know if she was enabling. We didn't accuse her of enabling. She was just sharing what was going on between the relationship between her and her daughter. But when we know that people are making unhealthy choices and they continue to make the unhealthy choices, we shouldn't pay for the unhealthy choices. I'm not going to pay for the unhealthy choices that my son made. That I'm not going to do. Because he makes those choices, he got to live with it. I'm not a guilty parent. Some people parent out of parental guilt. Don't do that. I don't have the anxiety or the fear of if something's going to happen to him or what's going to happen to him and if I don't let him in my house, it's going to happen. I don't live like that because of the choices that he made. But the thing is, if I allow him to continue to engage in these behaviors and doing these things in my home, now I'm unhappy because it's like, when you go get your own place, what are you planning? What are your plans? we got to talk about plans. So, yes, she was right when we talk about the relationship and communication and setting boundaries. But some parents are afraid of their children. I'll give you, I'll give you an example, Cedric. When Carter lived with Grandma, Grandma was walking on eggshells. She was so scared of Carter, she didn't know what to do. Carter would bully her. He would come in the home, act like he was King Kong. Grandma didn't know what to do with him, a grown freaking man. And he had to have been probably in his 40s when he was living with Grandma. If that's the kind of stuff we're talking about, we're talking about enabling whole different ballparks. Anything else you want to add, Cedric? We had a caller on here that didn't say nothing the whole time, so I don't know if they had anything to say. <laughs> but anything else you, <coughs> you want to say, Cedric, before we end the show? I, I think I'm good, Jeanette. Um, uh, I just appreciate you bringing this topic about because it seems like a lot of parents are struggling with that, and I deal with that all the time with parents in my job. I'm like, you got to let that yeah. you got to let that bird fly, man. You got to let him fly. He'll be fine. Trust and believe that you yeah. put what. What's supposed to be in them is in there, 
and you got to let him fly. Because if you don't let him right. fly, you ain't going to be able to fly. And then we got a right. whole other set of problems. And, and generally speaking, it's more of a mother thing than a father thing. Mm-hmm. I'll, I'll say in your line of work, subject, you're right, because see, even me as a therapist, when I'm looking at all of these different triangulations, manipulations, and when we say what our kids will and what they will not do, my mother used to say stuff about me and cheating them. My mother did not know me that well. I changed. I wasn't the, my mother parented me like I was still a kid. I wasn't a kid. I was a grown woman. She didn't know how to parent me as a grown woman. She was still parenting me as a child. That's all she knew. So I had to make sure that even with my adult children, that I learned to parent them as an adult because that's not something we're taught how to do. And part of this comes from, like I said, watching my grandparents, watching my aunties and uncles, watching all of these different things. And like I said, not only is it maybe happening in your home, you may have a sibling that's 40, 50 years old still living with your mama or living with your daddy, driving them crazy because of their situation. And they made their situation somebody else's problem. That is what we're talking about today. And like you said, Cedric, working in a criminal justice system, working at Job Corps, working at Juvenile Hall, well, Juvenile Hall, they're kids, but working even in adult jails, you see parents sometimes, Cedric, I used to feel sorry for them, going to visit their kids in jail, putting money on their books, doing all of this stuff. No, you don't want to turn your back on your kids, but you don't want to enable them because they become that boomerang. They get out, they go back. They get out, they come stay with you, they go back. They get out, they No, no. you got to set some boundaries. you got to help educate, communicate, do the best you can, but do not make it your problem. Now, tomorrow we're going to be talking about breaking generational curses. And when we start talking about these generational curses, sometimes it's like a, a cycle, a family dynamic, and it goes from generation to generation to generation, and it's not healthy, and we're going to be talking about biblical teachings as it relates to breaking generational curses at Precious Predicaments Blog Talk Radio. So I want to thank you for joining. I've got people texting me now, talking about, I'm sorry, I missed the show today. But those that listen, those that are on, I appreciate you. If you have any comments, any topics you want us to talk about, I'm open to talk about it. It's not personal. This is for more for informational reasons, resources, and like I said, family counseling is available. I forgot to tell you guys. You can call BetterHelp.com. You can call 211. You can utilize your insurance. You can use your EAP services. Even if you have to learn skills to help you to gain the strength and encouragement to be able to help your adult child become a responsible adult. You can also receive individual counseling, or if it is issues that you're having with the person in your home, if they're open for family counseling, you can also look to obtain family counseling too. Thank you, cousin. I appreciate you. <laughs> you take care, and thank you again for joining me here at Pressure Predicaments Blog Talk Radio. Bye-bye. You do the same, Jeanette. Love you. Bye-bye. Bye.